Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. All right, people, time to jump back into it here after a little hiatus on Holding Court. Took a little family vacation down to uh, Turks and Caicos. Spectacular weather. Yeah, a little dodgy at times, but probably good for the McEnroe family without uh, having to go sunscreen just up the wazoo. So a little cloud cover, a little rain, you know, not too bad. Awesome trip down there with my family, my oldest daughter, Sweet 16, coming up. So we sort of celebrated that. But uh, time to jump back into it here. Big, big sports weekend this past weekend. Of course, the NBA playoffs underway. Uh, Unbelievable game uh, between the Celtics and the Nets there. Game one on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, with um, Celts winning at the buzzer, 115-114. Unbelievable game from Kyrie Irving, but to no avail. And uh, it was Jason Tatum, of course, leading the way for the Celtics as they get the home win in game one of that series. Uh, Irving was just lighting it up at 39. Tatum for the Celts finished with 31. Little bit quiet from Kevin Durant, at least for what he's what we normally expect from him. Uh, I think he was in the mid 20s uh, with his points in this one. But again, it was a Nets. Lack of defense. I mean, the offensive firepower, obviously there. Irving just lightening up in the second half, particularly in that fourth quarter, flipping off the crowd a few times, which uh, debatable uh, to, to pull that move, but not surprising. Of course, the crowd a little rough up there in Boston. We know that. Uh, so it's the Celtics leading that series one game to none. The Bucks, led by Giannis, win their opening game uh, over the Bulls, win by seven at home. So expect Milwaukee to get through that one I would say reasonably comfortably the Suns roll over the Pelicans out west Suns looking awfully strong the Heat dominated the Hawks in game one 115 to 91 on Saturday the games had the Jazz taking out the Mavs no Doncic there in that one Utah leading that series one zip the T-Wolves boy they've been good sort of surprisingly good this year over the Grizzlies in game one high scoring affair that one as was Game one of the East between the Sixers and the Raptors. Sixers win that one by 20 going away. And then the Warriors with Steph Curry coming off the bench win game one out West against the Nuggets, 123-107. In that one, Jokic had 25 for the Nuggets. Poole led the way actually for Golden State, but it was Curry coming off the bench in that one. Baseball well up and running now as uh, the lockout, of course, put this season back about a week, but uh, my Yankees got roughed up by the O's this weekend, losing five zip on Sunday. Uh, what else we got? That's pretty much it in that, that world. Of course, the Packers also notably signed Sammy Watkins, Watkins to a one-year deal uh, in some Football news, not going to get too into the football at the moment. Of course, my network ESPN, they're all over this 24-7. Uh, but I'm going to get into what happened on the tennis courts, okay? And I actually haven't spoken since uh, the Miami Open ended, I believe, with Carlos Alcaraz winning his first Masters event there a couple of weeks ago. Just an unbelievable performance, and that catapulted him uh, in the odds makers' eyes to being the third favorite 
uh, for Roland Garros for the French Open. But now, you, do you wonder if that's changed a little bit with him going out early in Monte Carlo, with Stefano Tsitsipas able to repeat and in Monte Carlo and win the title there? It was an absolutely incredible performance from Mr. Tsitsipas taking out Davidovich Fokina in the championship match. Of course, the big story early in the tournament was Novak Djokovic losing to Davidovich Fokina in Djokovic's first match. That was a second match for Davidovich, who had a, a win his opening round match against the American Marcos Giron. Uh, I was actually watching some of that match while I was on the beach in Turks and Caicos, and I saw the end of the second set when Djokovic actually won it in a tiebreak. And I was watching, I probably watched about 10, 15 minutes. And man, did he look bad, Djokovic. I mean, for him, I mean, he was so passive, so tentative. Um, actually, somehow was able to win that breaker. So in normal times, Djokovic would, would run away with the third set. But hardly normal times for the Joker, of course, having barely played in any tournament action this year. Just a one other event in uh, Dubai, I believe it was. So he got smoked in the third, 6-1, and he admitted afterwards he just had nothing left physically. Um, but you could tell just the way he was hitting the ball, even late in that second set, which he won, that his confidence, his ball-striking ability, just completely has lost it. Tentative, not going for his shots, not moving great. Came to net a couple of times on sort of a wing and a prayer. Um, Davidovich then, you know, took that and ran with it, beat Gofan the next round, then took out the American Teller Fritz in a tough three setter. We got to give a shout out to both Fritz and Corda, who had, uh, it was Corda, by the way, who beat Alcaraz in, in a long three setter, seven, six, six, seven, six, three. That was Alcaraz's first match on the dirt. Corda had won his opening round match. Fritz then beat Korda in two tight sets, uh, lost that one in the quarters. Uh, Dimitrov had a very nice run uh, on the dirt, took out um, Vasilishvili early. Then he beat Lajevic, who's always tough on clay. Then Rude, which surprised me a little bit because I think Rude, one of the top clay quarters in the world at the moment. But Dimitrov got hot, then beat Hercotch in the third set breaker. That was in the quarterfinals. And then Davidovich Fokina stopped Dimitrov in that semifinal, 6-3 in the third set on his way to the final. Now we go to the bottom half of the draw. And this is really where things were interesting because uh, you had Rublev going out to Sinner. That was in, this, in both of their second match. Uh, they, well, actually, a third match for Sinner, who, who beat Chorich in his first match. Uh, and Sinner wins that in three. So that sets up Sinner and Zverev. Uh, and Zverev had had a couple of nice wins over Del Bonis and Karina Busta. And he beat Sinner in a long three-setter in a third-set tiebreak, 7-6 in the third. That's to put Zverev into the semis. Then you had the Sitsipas section where he rolled in his opening round over Fognini. He took out Dejiri in, in two tight sets, which is a little surprising that was that close. And then it was an unbelievable match with Schwartzman, who's, uh, as we know, the Argentine, very tough to deal with on the clay. Remember, Monte Carlo plays usually a bit slower than Roland Garros, than, than the Italian Open, and obviously Madrid, which has a little bit of altitude. Uh, it's cooler there. It's by the sea. The courts is just a little bit heavier. So it, they rarely play quickly there which I think suits Sitsipas. Um, you know, he moves so great. He needs a little more time on his shots. He likes a little more time. So he's dominating Schwartzman in their quarterfinal. 6-2, I believe it was either 5-2 or 5-3 in the second. 
and Schwarzman goes on a roll, wins the second set in a breaker. Then he goes up for love in the third set and sits a pass and roll, runs, runs away with six straight games to win at 6-4 in the third. That match finished super late uh, Monte Carlo time. They normally don't play in, into the night. They start fairly early there, but I think it finished... 10, 11 p.m. local time. So it was cool. It was dark. It was much later than normal. So the Sitsipas is then set up to play Zura, who had also had a long match, but finished a lot earlier in the day. So I'm thinking to myself, normally I'm picking Sitsipas straight up on red clay between these two. Zara, I'd probably pick on a faster court, takes a ball earlier, slightly bigger serve, you know, can flatten the ball out a bit more, but Sitsipas, a little more athletic, moves better needs the time on a shot. So I'm th- normally I would pick Sitsipas, but I'm thinking Zverev, you know, maybe because of the length of the match uh, and, and the late finish of the Sitsipas, Sitsipas came out and just destroyed him in the semis. Absolutely dominated, 6-4, 6-2, tremendous win there. Uh, and that said a lot to me about where Sitsipas is, you know, not just mentally, but physically, that he could bounce back that quickly and, and win that match that comfortably. Um, against, you know, pretty informed Zarev in that semifinal. Then the final, it was, as you would have expected, fairly routine. Actually, Sitsipas should have closed it out uh, 6-3, 6-4, had a chance there, serving for it at 5-4 to close it out, routine 3-4 and victory. Uh, Davidovich battled, got the break, got it to a breaker, uh, and Sitsipas able to win that in the breaker. So he repeats in Monte Carlo. He's now gone to, I believe, third in the race for this year. I'm going to double check that because obviously Nadal's in one, having won um, the first major of the year at the Australian. Uh, Djokovic, of course, nowhere to be seen in the race. I got to find the uh, race. Here we go. Race to, yeah, sits to, Nadal one now. Sitsa passes two. So he jumps ahead of Alcaraz, who's slightly ahead of Medvedev, who's four. Fritz actually at five, which is a heck of a heck of a move for him. You know, good effort again by him and Quarter to go over to Europe to win some matches on the red clay. Like to see that from the young Americans. Next American, by the way, in the race. This is, the, this is points just accumulated this calendar year thus far. We call it now the race to Turin, which is where the ATP finals are played at the end of the year, uh, is Opelka at 17. So Americans, uh, despite some good results, you know, from some of the young guys, still not making a huge push here um, as far as the uh, ranking points just this year. But Fritz, a heck of an effort in very good position. Actually, he's a couple hundred points ahead of Rublev who's in the number six spot. You had Rublev, Oje, Eliasim, Rude. That's the top eight um, in the race to Turin. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, I guess the, the question that I want to ask you all is when you look at the French Open and you look at uh, the big clay court tournaments coming up, does this change your thought process on who's – obviously the, two, the, the, the first favorite is Nadal. That we know. Uh, Djokovic, you know, if you look at the odds makers still – uh, is the second favorite. Does that change? Uh, probably not for me at this point. I mean, obviously he's going to have to play his way into shape. He's going to have to work his fitness, which you expect that he's doing. He's playing in Belgrade this week, his home country. There's also a strong tournament in Barcelona. Nadal will not play that. Sits to pass the top seed there. Alcaraz playing there as well. 
Uh, Medvedev, of course, out with a hernia. He had a mild, no, I guess if any hernia can be mild, but he had to have, he had to have a mild, a minor surgery. Um, that's put him out. <clears throat> For him, it's actually a good time of year because Clay never his best. So he hopes to be back at some point, at least to play a tournament or two leading into the French Open, where he actually played pretty well last year. So he's got some points to defend there. Um, I would probably put Sitsipas myself slightly ahead of Alcaraz um, as favorite for the French. Uh, I, again, there's still, and even Sitsipas himself was asked this in the, in the press conference after the match, uh, how he feels about it. He, he brushed it off, said, listen, there's some big tournaments coming up. Uh, a couple of Masters 1000s, not to mention the other clay court events. So he did a good job handling that question. But he was, uh, of course, got to the finals in the uh, pandemic year, the year when it was in the fall, uh, losing a Djokovic there, had a two-set lead. Uh, last year, or was it last year? No. No, last year it was Nadal. It was, Nad- oh, yeah, Djokovic beat him in the, no, he beat him in the final because it was Nadal Djokovic was, uh, was that the semi or was that the final last year? Uh, I think that was, uh, how can I forget that? Come on, PMAC, where are you, where's your brain right now? Um, so Alcaraz, there's some saying that he might be the better player at the moment on a hard court. That's what uh, some people are speculating. I don't know. I think the guy is going to be a great player on every surface. Um, but that's just me. Uh, but at the moment, you know, maybe he's a little bit better, uh, on the, um, on the hard courts. He loves to come forward. Uh, he loves to, uh, obviously play the drop shot, which should be very successful. Uh, it was last year that Djokovic, sorry, I was just double checking it with the, he won the French, uh, from two sets down over Tsitsipas after he had beaten Nadal, of course, in that epic four setter in the semifinal, so Sitsipas, uh, man, I mean, I was impressed. You know, he had a rough little go there on the uh, on the Masters events in the U.S. in Indian Wells, Miami. Didn't look great. Uh, Brooksby got him. Uh, didn't I didn't particularly like his comments after he lost to Brooksby. Sort of, you know, undermining Brooksby's game. You know, after losing to the guy, but uh, impressive to come back and win in Monte Carlo. Very impressive. So Nadal due to come back, he actually posted, I believe it was this morning, uh, a picture of him hitting on an in- indoor red clay court. So we'll see uh, when he comes back. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise that he has this slight injury that he suffered in that final in Indian Wells or maybe in the semi against Alcaraz when he won that in three in the wind in the rib area. Uh, because I thought he overplayed last year on clay, uh, and that certainly hurt him for the rest of the year. I think it actually hurt him in the French as well in that match with Djokovic. Uh, I think what really hurt him was the weather conditions, so I've talked about that in the past on here on Holding Court. So that's just a little uh, quick summary of what's going on in uh, men's tennis. The women, of course, the Billie Jean King Cup uh, uh, matches took place. The U.S. squeaked out a win over Ukraine. They were down, and that one came back to win it. Sviantec dominated. Uh, she's looking like she's very comfortable being uh, world number one. Uh, 
so we got a nice little uh, clay court season to look forward to. We'll get back into the swing of it here on holding court. We got to get back into the Peng Shui story. We got to find out what's going on uh, with the WTA there. So I'm trying to track down someone to talk to as far as that is concerned and um, looking forward to getting your feedback as to where you want me to go over the course of the next month or so. So a quick little summary of what's going on. PMAC back in the house after a nice little family vacation in the islands, raring and rocking, ready to go. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. 